spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. And we coming from a basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. In a wild time in the truth. Thank you for downloading the podcast, Theanos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the podcast, Theanos. I'm Jordan Hall, and I'm joined, as always, by a man who has all the hottest moves. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, what's on? What's going on, my dog? I am doing well. I'm feeling good. Um. In, I play this little game with myself every week, and that is, where is the introduction that Jordan has cooked up going? I I think I know where it's going this week. I right. picked up. So I don't know if you saw this, Eric, but the lineup for the 29th season of Dancing with the Stars was released no. today. Is that is that where you thought I was going? Yeah, and there's one name that is sticking out, if I have this correctly. There is. There's one standout name. So obviously Nelly is on there, and... For That's people not of my of. generation, he's huge, but he's not where I'm going with this. Hot and so hot and her. Exactly. That was that was an anthem of an entire generation. That would be Carol Baskin. Um, are you looking forward to seeing Carol's moves there, Eric? I mean, unless she's going to like do a dance where she pantomimes killing a husband, I'm really not interested in it. I... I I do not find Carol Baskin particularly appealing as a person as a foil for a tiger based, uh, docu-series. Okay. Kind of interested in Carol Baskin's as a reality show dancer. You lost me. So you don't think that she's a cool cat or kitten? Hi there, cool cats and kittens. I'm Carol Baskin. I feel like I, I shouldn't have to be the one to make this joke, but do you suspect that she's going to kill the competition? Oh! It feels like some, something you should have already said by now. Yeah. I, I do pick low-hanging fruit. I, I do say, enjoy that. She's going to wear all animal print. I don't think she's capable of wearing anything else. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so I was going back through it, and um, the the past winners today because uh, I have had nothing going on apparently. And it's amazing (laughs) how many former gymnasts and figure skaters have won. How are they allowed to compete? They're practically like professional dancers to start with. That's outrageous. Yeah. That's, that's like a complimentary skill. It's a tight tangential professional dancer essentially. Yeah, it's also one of the biggest words that's ever been said on on this here podcast. Um, but let's go back to Carol a little bit. Uh, did you see that that Joe Exotic is coming out with his own line of underwear? It's called Revenge, as you'd imagine, for a man in jail, um, and obviously has his face on the crotch, right where you'd imagine it would be. Um, are you going to rush out and buy a pair? Uh, or do you already society, have a pair? Society is just falling apart at a rapid pace, isn't it? I mean, just it's everything's disintegrating around us. And that is symptom example A. We've lost we've lost contact with our own humanity. Yeah. We're just we're just, we're just falling apart. Just animals. Um, so is there anyone from the Tigers in particular that you'd like to see on Dancing with the Stars? Hmm. I mean, Prince Fielder, but he's not really around anymore. Wouldn't he be epic? Yes, absolutely. After the ESPN cover, like, just just give him a thong and let him go out there and be a Dancing with the Stars. I'd like to see Guardy on it. I, I, I feel like Guardy has old man moves. I, I could actually He'd be see him sneaky being good, yeah. decent. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Don't want to see that, though, if we're, we're, we're being completely honest. Yeah. I mean, you want somebody who's kind of lithe and athletic, 
to have those real dancer moves, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Does anybody fit that description on the Tigers? Just kind of Willie Castro. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. Sure. Definitely the earliest in the show Willie Castro has ever gotten to mention. How about our new guy, Zach Short? Yeah. Could... Yeah. Hardly. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to utility Zach Short later. Okay. Uh, so before get we get into into, <laughs> into contact info, I have a bit of a new announcement. And I don't know if I actually, I told you this, Eric. Um, I tweeted it earlier today, but some people didn't see it. Um, I, along with two of my best friends from college, who actually have all coincidentally gone into podcasting as well, are launching a new podcast. If you out there like this show, the podcast, Yanos, I'd imagine that you would probably like this other one. It'll definitely be in the same tone. I mean, we're not going to be talking about, like, super deep analytics. That's for sure. Um, but it's just going to be sports talk, uh, pop culture, current events and sports gambling, all from the lens of like three dudes who are in their early thirties who technically aren't kids anymore, but for sure aren't like real adults. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Like we, yeah. we would all give our wives the Ikea furniture to put together. So, it's, it's so the from theme that of this new podcast is broadly sports. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's broadly sports with, other stuff thrown in. Um, we're going to talk a lot of sports gambling um, because that, that's what's yeah, that is. Yeah, that's getting big now, right? Mm-hmm. You see in, uh, even on Tiger's broadcast, the little uh, fan duel prompts and like the, the, the um, what do they call it? An offering or a, what do they, what do they call it when a, um, uh, like a casino or a sports book puts forth something for you to bid on? Odds? Yeah, I don't know. But it was three and a half strikeouts for Michael Fulmer. And I'm watching this on TV and I'm like, "Uh, I'll probably, I'd probably take the under on that. And then he strikes out three dudes in the first inning. And I'm like, probably good that I'm not, not betting. Yeah, it's, it's it's very difficult, the sports gambling. It's almost like they, they put it out there as a business venture because they know in the end they will make money. They, well, they they win either way, right? They're just processing these bets for the most part, right? Sure. I don't know. If you say that. I don't I don't I don't know betting too much. Um so anyway, the show is called Fully Grown Men. The fully grown is in quote is in air quotes. Um mm. because it's mm-hmm. it's simply not true. I have the link to it on my on my Twitter page, or you can just search fully grown men on whatever platform you're listening to your pods. Um and just like with this show, if you could rate, review it. And subscribe, that would be really helpful to kind of getting us off the ground here in these these early days. There you go. Do that. Yeah. Uh, so this show's contact information. If you want to get in touch with the show, I am at Jordan Hall 23. Eric is at Eric Wayne's Brain. And the show is at Podcastianos. Facebook.com backslash Podcastianos. Um, and we would love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review this show as well. Um, and if you do rate or review us take a screenshot of it send us what you've written and we'll read it out if it's funny and or interesting because we are too lazy to check the reviews ourselves i'm blaine hardy and you're listening to the podcast Yanos. so eric uh sitting here on what is this the second of september we are now three games past the halfway point mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. went from losing 10 of 11 to having now won eight of the last 10 and somehow we're just half a game behind the Toronto Blue Jays for that final wild card spot. Uh, we're kind of living a roller coaster life here, aren't we? Absolutely. We talked about this last time. So up and down. I will tell you the up is significantly more fun than the down. It's this has been pleasurable to watch. You you say that though, but I feel like even in the variation, there's fun. Like I I, sure, I don't yeah. know. Like it. Obviously, when all you're doing is losing, a little bit of success feels good. But just having a little bit of ebbing and flowing in the season, I'm I'm kind of digging it. Yeah. Did did um, this is a little off topic, but we're in we're in uh, Milwaukee now. Did I see you go to Milwaukee? I did. Yeah, we were just there this past weekend. Lovely city, I I will say. I had not heard much of anything about it, but it's actually a very pleasant city. I I was there maybe. 10 years ago it's been a long time it's probably changed since then yeah probably probably some new people i went went for a wedding or whatever so like we went out downtown to eat one time but otherwise we didn't see much but looks like you were you you sight saw yeah i mean that we were, we were there for for pleasure 
Big thing with with Milwaukee though is you have to have a mask. Isn't on. that everything that you do really, Hall? Yeah, pretty much. For I mean, that's the goal. But you have to wear a mask literally everywhere you go. I'm used okay, to I, right. like I live in Indiana. People are still not entirely sure that COVID is real here. Like masks, Got it. Meh, who cares? So let's just say it was a bit of an adjustment for me. But um, yeah, no, lovely, lovely city. We'd definitely go back. I'm sorry. I totally got you off track there. Uh, where but were we? Uh, we were talking about the Detroit Tigers oh, yeah, up yeah, and yeah. down. Um, so, yeah, what's next? Um, so, 27 games left. Um, how set are you on watching some playoff baseball? Oh, I, I, I want to see it so bad. Wouldn't that be fun? Just even a, a series because uh, I'm still trying to catch up on how the postseason is structured. But from what I understand – if you are like the last wild card spot, you would play three games at or the best of three at someplace else. I'd be, I'd be down with that. You'd be guaranteed. Oh, that'd be so fun. Games. It's been a long time since we've been in the playoffs. Analysis right there. It would be it would be so much fun. And three game series. Who knows what happens? Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. Especially if you throw. Turnbull, Casey Mize, and Tarek Skubal out there. I mean, that's that's a good three. You hope you catch lightning in a bottle? It's like, um, you know, playoff hockey, and you hope you have that hot goaltender, right? Sure. That, that, that's an analogy. You hope you get out some some hot pitching, and away you go. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that is. Um, so big blow to the, the playoff hopes, of course, came in the form of the injury to Jacoby Jones last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, hit by a pitch late in the game by Phil Bickford. That's a, that's a man that I did not know existed until that event happened. Uh, at this he point, hit. I wish that I didn't know. Poor Jacob. Back-to-back dudes on the wrist, too. That It kind of made me pissed off. I think it's it, probably his command issues. I don't I don't think he was aiming for wrists. No, he certainly wasn't. But be better, Phil Bickford. To be fair, uh, Phil Bickford could be better. I think he would have been to the big leagues sooner and maybe had been, been more of an impact player. Uh, than, than what he was. Do you think, so Jacoby has been hit, what, twice in the jaw and broke his wrist last time and his his hand this time. Is that just uh, bad luck? Is that just a coincidence? Or is he diving out over the plate or slow to recognize the inside ball? Is this a circumstance or is this a pattern? That's a good question. I feel like based on his style of play, my initial thought is just to say it's his gung-ho attitude. Okay. Um, okay. I, I don't have obviously anything to back that up. That just feels feels like a natural fit. I, I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't studied his his plate approach enough to know, at least in terms of that. I've, I've, right. I've watched his plate approach as far as pitch selection many times. But, yeah. Um, no, I, but it sucks to be him though, right now, right? I mean, yeah, that's I mean, just rough. Two, two sixty-eight, five home. Like he was in the midst of. I hate to say breakout season because I think we kind of yeah. know what he is at this point. But... And he had started to taper off a little bit. There, he, his real hot streak had come to an end. Let's, so let's go to the replacement scheme though, because obviously he was patrolling center field most nights. Um, yeah. We obviously called up your boy Derek Hill. Uh, Willie Castro has spent some time um, or will be spending some time in the outfield. Um, obviously, we're going to have to change on a essentially nightly basis. But what is your preferred outfield alignment? You know, for as much as I have dogged Derek Hill as being a player of limited capacity and skill set for me right now, I think the answer is probably Derek Hill because he can just be plugged in center field and he can catch the baseball. Like center field, you know, strong up the middle, don't they say they defensively? Say that, yeah. That's what you want. And if you're covering ground for Bonifacio or Kristen Stewart and left, you need to, those guys need some help. And Derek Hill can track the ball down and play amazing defense. He's not going to hit a ton and he's not going to hit for a ton of power. But he's the kind of guy I think you could plug at the, stick him in the nine slot in the lineup. He's he's faster than lightning. He's a perfect, I should say perfect. He's kind of the typical nine hitter, all defense, fast kind of guy. And you just let him play defense, especially when you get to Comerica. There's so much ground to cover. That's my preferred thing. And then 
you, you rotate the guys in the left and you hope you can find a bat there someplace. If it's Kristen Stewart, great. It's looking like it might not be. Maybe it's Bonifacio, but you could try either of the Castro brothers out there and left and you find find the bat that plays and i think that's the outfield plan i mean you could take a prospect you know a guy like zach short and try to trade him to the cubs for an experienced guy like cameron maben to try to you know bolster your outfield but that's probably not an option at this point yeah i think i i agree with you i never never thought i'd say this on Derek hill I kind of think, you know, I came into the season saying that I wanted to see what we had in guys like Candelario and Jacoby um, and some of the other guys and Kristen Stewart as, as the third. We almost get a half a chance to see that in Derek Hill now if we run him out there most days. I mean, obviously, it's not a complete sample. It'll be 27 games, but it'll be more run than he would have gotten pretty much at any point in a normal season. Uh, I mean, that should be halfway right. decent as far as talent evaluation and. Um, yeah, like you said, I would like to see more of, of Willie Castro. Defensively, he has some challenges. Is, is that a, is that a fair statement? Um, it might be worth seeing what he can do in the outfield. Um, and I, I mean, I've I've been on the Willie Castro train for a long time. I think the bat plays. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see Willie Derrick Hill and Victor Reyes out there most days. I mean, it's so. Here's the thing. I know you're. I know all of you listeners at home are thinking, well, there's no pop there whatsoever which is fair. But, I mean, do we really have any pop when Christian Stewart's in the lineup? I mean, he's got, what, three runs uh, on the year? Right, right. And all of those are He's on, He's a large body. Him. That does not power make. <laughs> I mean, Honestly, no. Willie has, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Willie's probably slugging a higher slugging percentage than Christian Stewart. Um, so you, you mentioned um, seeing what you have. So I think with Kristen Stewart, maybe we're starting to see what we have. The other guy you had talked about at the beginning of this year was Candelario. Are we beginning to see what we have in Candelario, or is this just a hot streak? Because he is mashing. That's, I mean, that's the million-dollar question, right? Like <laughs> that, that is something that everybody in that front office has to be wondering. I mean, the thing is, is he, he got off to such a terrible start, and he figured yeah. it out. I think if yep. nothing else, that tells me a little bit about his mindset. Like he was willing to, to kind of grind to get through those struggles that essentially sure. have sure. gone dogged him for the last two years. Yeah, he'd been relegated a couple times. He's seemingly healthy, and maybe maybe that's the big difference. But yeah, he is absolutely mashing the ball. Um, Nine seventy four OPS over the last thirty days. Like I'm, I am I'm slow to buy in just because you know i feel like we've seen this show before a couple times but i'm like 69 percent in on that this is actually real jamer candelario how about you 69 percent your take yeah exactly that number exactly that number i don't know what it is about candelario but uh, maybe it's just the success he's had seems to reflect on his behavior and attitude and demeanor but he looks like a totally different guy he looks completely more confident the success has probably brought the confidence i know it's brought the confidence but just his plate approach has been way more sound uh he's yeah i don't know he he looks legitimate right now i mean you look at the guy hitting it's almost like with victor reyes too you look at these guys hit and you're like how were they ever bad yeah. And when you look, when you watch them when they were bad, they're like, how could these guys ever be good? And I, it's so much between the ears. I, and I think for both of those guys, it was, it, it's plate approach or, or recognition. It's not the the physical tools all the, you know, all the time, I don't think. You know, I'm an amateur analyst. I don't break down swings or, or know all this stuff. But um, just the, the the savvy that they're demonstrating at the plate just seems so much better. And yeah, I know I'm self it's self-definition here at this point, but it's so much more fun to watch with those two, those two guys, because they we've seen episodes with both of them where they've just seemed lost. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be the key thing for me is inevitably at some point, they're both going to start struggling again and how, if they're able to pull themselves out of that, it'll tell us whether, they're riding a hot 
confidence streak right now or if there's actually right. something that they've they've figured out yeah victor Reyes, like we've given him on this show a lot and obviously <laughs> uh, we've given him a lot of crap and i feel like even, we've dogged him more than anybody as much as anybody yeah Derek hill's the question- only person in in that conversation yeah. I mean, we questioned his rule five pick. I th- I thought they should have taken Nick Birdie. I, I just wondered about this. I I, um, I have to give Mr. Chris Iatt a shout out, shout out because he has reminded me that he felt that, of course, you should take a toolsy outfielder over a potential relief pitcher in the rule five draft. And he thought I was stupid. And you know what? He was right. Yeah, I, and uh, he was right. We the whole Reyes thing. We were. I was wrong about. I think that the knock has always been. Yeah, the average is decent, but it's completely empty. He's what third on the team in total bases. He's slugging four eighty two. Like these are actual real outfielder numbers, not just right. an empty three oh six or whatever he's put up right. over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. I, so here's the thing. Like, I I want to go back to the, just the concept of Rule Five. He genuinely has to be one of the best Rule Five picks ever at this point, right? The 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 threshold is so low, so low. People keep, and I, I think both of us have fallen prey to this over the past couple of years too. Is we think that it's all about you know upside, trying to find a guy that has all these tools that you can mold, and to a certain extent that that is the same for for Victor Reyes. But I think trying to aim a little bit lower, find somebody that you actually can stick with through the entire year, let them develop. Um, you know, I, I think that that is the right approach. And obviously since then we've done nothing but take hard throwing right-handed relievers in the rule five draft. So clearly we didn't necessarily learn that lesson, but yeah, finding somebody that has staying power, I think is way more important in rule five than, Somebody that can touch a hundred, but anyway. Well, and it's the it's the ability to plug your nose a little bit for that first year while he's on the big league club, because almost by definition, the Rule Five guy is going to be overmatched. Yeah, I mean, you just got to hold your nose. If your team's bad, keep them on the roster, and you don't listen to podcasts like ours, and it'll be fine. You at least download them if not if not actually listen. <laughs> So let's let's move on to our uber active trade deadline. Um, the one big deal we traded Cameron Maben uh, for the third time. This time to the Cubs for one yeah. Zach Short. So um, he actually spent a lot of time with the South Bend Cubs. And as many of you know, I live in South yeah, I was Bend. Gonna, I was going to say, have you had you seen him or know of him? Uh, no, I I I mean I just got was, here. He was so. too early. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I I I asked some of my sources around town. And basically, they they refer to him as a less talented David Eckstein, which is not a, not a great comparison. Uh, Eckstein's pretty good. Yes, but He's he didn't have really good. any natural talent. He was all grinder, which I mean, you could do worse. But um, yeah, the one thing about him he is he has a, an exceptional walk rate, which that makes one. So you know, we got that. There you go. I, to me, uh, my breakdown of this was what I might think differently now since Jacoby's hurt, but basically what is the drop off between Cameron Mabin and a guy like Jorge Bonifacio or um, Travis Demerit? It was not Absolutely that nothing. much. No. It was not that much. You know, and Mabin was kind of coming off the being hurt and it was kind of like if we're now getting – basically a month of Cameron. We're sacrificing a month of Cameron Mabin for a, what, what they're saying is MLB ready cost controlled and years controlled piece that gives you a lot of flexibility. To me, it was a no brainer to do this. And I think it was a, a, a smart trade. Oh, absolutely. I, I think we could be looking at maybe Andrew Romine, which you know, we could certainly do worse. Andrew Romine played fairly regularly for us for, <laughs> for sure. several years. Um, I, I want to go back to some things that you tweeted over over the course of deadline day. You you talked about oh how no, this is I I think actual intelligence from you. So I think <laughs> I think you can lean into this one. About how you were actually okay with us not trading guys like Jonathan Scope or Jose Cisnero for minimal uh or low impact prospects. Conventional right. conventional wisdom says uh, we're not going to compete this year. 
get anything you can for them. You kind of took the other uh, path. Talk us through that. Well, yeah, basically uh, the price on those guys is not going to be especially high. You're not getting blue chip prospects in return for one month rentals. Yeah, maybe you get the Zach shorts. But I mean, if you can't get back a significant piece, just keep those guys I mean, let's have a little fun with what we have right now. When else, I mean, could you imagine being in the running in September? Now's the time to make a break for make a run for it. Yeah, it's a goofy season. I get that. But why not keep some of your pieces now during goofy season instead of when you're 20, 25 games back? Yeah. Like now's the time to keep those pieces and let's have a little bit of fun with it. Let people enjoy something. Yeah. Don't just wholesale off all your pieces. Now I kind of made the exception with, um, with Mabin because I, I didn't think the drop off was that big, but if you sell a guy like Romine or scope, the drop off there is significant. Those two guys are enormous, uh, hole fillers for our club right now and it would stink to see those guys go for you know some two-bit minor leaguer yeah troy, troy montgomery someone like that victor alcantara so. but yeah no uh I, <laughs> like you say it is a silly season but we're gonna enjoy a you know exciting last 10 games trying to claim the last wild card spot in a silly season just like we would in a regular <laughs> season like it's it's going to be the same excitement level like we can yeah, I, I completely The games are meaningful now. I mean, who knows next year if we're going to have any meaningful games beyond, you know, June? June, right. Um, speaking of meaningless, uh, let's move on to the imminent return of Jordan Zimmerman and Yvonne Nova. Uh, Nova is now long tossing and is expected to return this season. Jordan Zimmerman has moved on to live batting practice. These two guys are... <laughs> Are coming back, so the the cavalry is is just out there in the distance. Um, how do we use these two big arms? How do we maximize their value once they're back in in the old English D? Oh, I see these update reports, and I'm like, no, I just no. How about no? I don't want them. Can you imagine these guys coming back from injury and replacing Mize and Scooble? People and will go bonkers. People would lose it. How many times in the last 60 days have you thought of Jordan Zimmerman? None. Literally None. zero. He has completely disappeared from my consciousness. Yeah, because uh, he's, he keeps coming back and you're like, no, maybe just, just stay down. It's okay. Stay in Minnesota ice fishing. Just just yeah. don't do that. Now, if he his are if he's pitching and doing okay, to bring him as one of these, you know, two winning guys who might give you something. We've we've kind of cobbled together these these three inning clusters. If you think either Nova or Zimmerman can be one of these three inning guys to piggyback the problem there Fine. is Nova, Fine. yes, maybe. Zimmerman, we yeah. know he can't. Like, he has given yeah. us ample examples of not I'm, being I'm able to do more, that. I'm far more hopeful about Nova than I am Zimmerman. And I'm not hopeful at all about Nova, but yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, right. it, is, it is what it is. If so Would you put, rather have Nova than, like, say, Funkhauser right now or Bo Burrows right now? I probably would. Probably would, but that is more of a reflection on those two than it is on Ivan Nova. But that's neither here nor there. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. All right, Eric, let's move to your power rankings. Power rankings. I did actual research for power rankings tonight. I tweeted out a couple pictures. That seems hard to believe. <sighs> Worked hard at this. Um, I don't know if you know it, but school is a thing now. For some of the youngsters. Yeah. 
yeah, so going back to school. Some of them are staying home from school. In any case, we're trying to learn, kids. And in order to learn, you need fuel. You need brain fuel. And the brain fuel of choice in the packed lunch is snack cakes. Yes, I'm talking about Little Debbie or Hostess style snack cakes that you just, this little bundle of carbohydrates that you can just drop into a kid's lunch. Individually wrapped, you don't got to work at it. You put one in and they can enjoy it for their lunch. So I have for you the top seven and bottom three Little Debbie Hostess style snack cakes. Nice. This is a good topic. I'm actually surprised we've made it to 100 and some and this hasn't come up. Okay. This this might arouse the passions of the of the of the populace. Let's go. Better right. the passions than other things. <laughs> I'd be um, real concerned. We don't we gotta be careful arousing the passions. <laughs> Number seven from the top is zebra cakes. So this is like a sponge cake with uh white frosting in the middle, wrapped in kind of like a white fudgy kind of frosting and the 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 outer frosting it has a particular mouth feel like it feels a little bit like crisco and i don't know vaseline god it's just very kind of weird but they're i like it they're tasty i i have a conspiracy theory though really i think the zebra cakes the butterfly cakes, the red and white blue cakes, and to a lesser extent, like the Christmas tree cakes, are all the same thing. I don't even think that's a conspiracy theory. I think that just is what it is. Like, are yeah, they trying to hide the that? No, well, they're they're boxing them different. But I think yeah, it's it's all the same thing. Okay, number six. This is something I tried for the first time tonight because I saw it mentioned a couple times and I had never had one. For research. And this is, I, this is research. I ate a snowball. Hmm. This is a hostess snowball. It is spherical in shape, like the name suggests. Um, and it is orange, but it's got like coconut shavings on the outside of a marshmallow encapsulating outer shell and then there's chocolate cake in the middle hmm, that doesn't sound i was great. not prepared for the chocolate it's but it was good i like coconut a lot and the marshmallow and coconut worked well together sounds like too much and i sweets. found it interesting oh you just wait we're, we're, we're this is all kind of sweet stuff garden <laughs> uh so that was a snowball and it was pretty good i like that okay number five in this one is going to be controversial but is the pecan spin wheel. Oh, that sounds terrible. It is, it's an old man snack for sure. It's got nuts in it. It makes sense though but for it you. Tastes, it's it's the the texture is very nice. It's got a nice spin wheel pattern. It's like a cinnamon roll. It was a pretty good for a prepackaged shelf stable treat. It was a good approximation of a cinnamon roll and I kind of liked it. All right. It's number 5. So question, how many of these have you eaten today? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six. How are you not seven, just eight buzzing out of not, your mind? No, that I is didn't outrageous. Eat the whole thing. Right. Eat the whole thing. It's exactly what somebody who ate the whole thing would say. You <laughs> shared. And then I took it off their plates again. That's right. Uh, so too much. I mean, basically, I, I, I have early onset diabetes. I was going like to say, do you know where you're getting your diabetes testing supplies from? <laughs> Now that Wilford's gone, I don't yeah, know. May he R.I.P. R.I.P. Will. Okay. Um. Number four is the Star Crunch. Star oh, yeah. Crunch is really right. good. They're they're kind of uh, disc in shape. They're got crispy and chocolatey and caramel, and the texture is very good. A good caramel flavor. Star Crunches are are pleasant to eat. Yeah. That's number four. I sign off on that one. Number three is the oatmeal cream pie this is the only thing on the list that approximates health because it's got oats in it <laughs> but the lowers texture, cholesterol yeah that's a hard healthy food <laughs> i love oatmeal cream pies um the 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 fr the filling part is really good and the texture of the oatmeal outer encasement is just is it's right to yeah, me i like the oatmeal cream pie it's number three Number two, we're getting to the upper 
echelon here. Number two is the Swiss cake roll. The Swiss cake roll is more than a food. It is an experience, Paul. Okay, this I have to hear. It comes in a twin pack. You can eat them a number of ways. You pull them apart. You can either unroll them like my, my wife does, which is a little strange. Or you could just chomp them off the end. But then once you're done eating the cake roll, there's always the chocolate outer casement stuck to the cardboard. Do you, you eat that? Oh, for sure. That's you just, scrape. No, that's just like excess. That's, that's good shaving. stewardship. No. No, you, no, you scrape that. it off with your finger off the cardboard and you eat it. No. That's that's literal trash. <laughs> I love Swiss cake rolls. They, they are they are, The consistency is right. There's a lot going on. There's the thin outer frosting layer, the spongy cake, and the middle, and it's all layered. It's it's they're quite good. Yeah, definitely. Okay, number one, you got a guess? The only correct answer is Nutter Bars. So, nut, yes. Nutty Bar, Nutty Bars is that nutty the one? Nutty Buddies. There you go. Is the Little Debbie version? Nutty Buddies are delicious. It's got that satisfying crunch and texture, and I got to tell you. For a, a packaged food, it has a fairly complex peanut butter flavor. This yeah. kind of smoky, salty. It's it's fairly it's fairly interesting and complex. Uh, the Nutty Buddy is the best one. It's got that crispy, you know, it's got a lot going on. It's a good snack. The only drawback to those is your fingers will inevitably be filthy by the time you're done, which I can't well, stand. For a lot of these, they are just like greasy, sugary. Yeah. balls it's nonsense. immediate hand wash after on yeah, yeah on most of these yeah it, these things are completely artificial they're they're made with science <laughs> that's all that's in them okay third the three worst here we go uh i had one of these tonight or a sampling and that is the fruit pie Ooh. is the third from first so they there it comes in like apple or cherry i had these as a child and let me tell you it, it took me like right back. Like, oh, yeah. And they haven't changed. They might actually be from the 80s when <laughs> I got them. They might be the same ones. But that the, the crust just takes like, you know, the, just like shelf stability. I mean, it could last forever. Ugh, that sounds horrific. And the tech, it's kind of a, a yeah, it's, it's a weird lardy, creamy texture around the fruit pie. It, they're not, they're not awful, but. I'm not getting one on purpose. So you're not describing these real well. Um, second from the worst, and I had one of these for the first time tonight, and I did not like it, and that is the chocolate chip cream pie. So basically an oatmeal cream pie, but in, with an approximation of a chocolate chip cookie, but it's not a chocolate chip cookie. It's like a, it's just a mess. And it fails mostly because it's not an oatmeal cream pie, which is really what I want. Yeah, it's like, it's why, just, why mess with a classic? Right. All right, the number one worst snack cake Little Debbie style treat. Do you have a guess? Honestly, I can't even think of any more, so no. It is the sleeve of Little Donuts. There's the nutty ones or the powdery <laughs> ones. They always look crammed in there, like they've been squashed. And the texture of these is never pleasant. Like it's kind of pasty and mealy for the little donut. I mean, these are not fresh donuts. This is not a fresh donut product. This is a sleeve of the Donuts or whatever. And it's the, it's the worst. Don't get these. That's Power Rankings. Hello, this is Eric's mom. And you're listening to the Podcast Llanos. I'm really glad that you put yourself through through that to bring us the information my guts i need i needed some coffee just like to break through the sugar barrier Uh, so nothing on the side of the road while running this week but i did uh come up with a bit of a new segment it's called adventures in indiana now i live in indiana um so i figured i would share some of the more indiana-y things that happened to me Is is that fair i'd like that thank you um so this one actually i guess you could say it borders on things i saw on the side of the road while running uh so i can now run like i and i say i can now is i just figured out that i can run actually to our zoo here in south bend and back to my house within the confines of one run 
So I'm running. Wow. I'm assuming you have an annual membership to said zoo. Yes, I do. That, that, that happened almost immediately, but you know, you can, you can go along the side of the zoo. You can actually see like rhinos and zebras and uh, lemurs and the, the, the black colobus monkeys. Anyway, that's not the point of the story, but I, I can do that. So I'm running back from the zoo and I see this epicenter of bags. It's almost like a bunch of teens had just gone to Arby's, which was nearby admittedly, and just dumped all their trash right there. But as I continue to run back towards my house, I see a little trail of horsey sauces every, like, I don't know, two-tenths of a mile. So clearly they hadn't finished their, their meal. They just dumped the bags and were yep. eating their RB sandwiches. So, like, this isn't an obese American Hansel and Gretel? You don't think this is teenagers? I mean, I, okay. I, I didn't follow the, the trail of horsey sauces. I'm assuming at some okay. point it turned. But okay, um, and the only other bit that I have is uh, one of our neighbors. Wait, uh, wait, wait! I need the resolution to the bag story. So those bags are strewn, and then there's a trail of horsey sauces. That's the, what was at the end of the trail. The eventually, I'm assuming the trail veered off, different from where I was running. I, there, there is no resolution to the story. <laughs> there was just a trail of horsey sauces. Oh, I thought like. You followed it and, you know, encountered some monster or something. I mean, what what is a, an Indiana monster look like? Just a big corn stalk or something? <laughs> the Hoosier or whatever that is. What is that? What is that? I have no idea. It's a strange okay. state. Story um, two. So, so uh, okay, moving on to the second story. Our, our neighbor um, in, in South Bend. Great guy. See him out walking his dog all the time. Um a couple weekends ago, he brings over a bag of uh, tomatoes. My, my wife and her parents are out in the front yard working. And he brings them the bag of tomatoes and says, you know, I've, yeah. I've grown too many tomatoes. Like, this is here. Have this is the time. Everybody's got tomatoes. Yes. And he's like, how, how quickly will you go through the tomatoes? I'll, I'll bring you some more. And my wife's like, well, this is a ginormous bag of tomatoes. I'm, <laughs> I'm probably not going to go through anymore. So he, I come home from work. Two days later, and there's another ginormous bag of, tomatoes bag of tomatoes on yeah. our front porch. And then, needless to say, that happened again a third time. So, if you are in need of tomatoes, hit your boy up. I have, I have some. The whole house smells like tomatoes. If we're being completely honest. See, this is the the paradox of tomatoes. You cannot get a good tomato in a grocery store to save your life, and you'd pay almost anything for that real good homegrown tomato in February. And then you get to late August and you cannot possibly use all the fresh, delicious tomatoes that you have. It's, it's madness. I don't even really like tomatoes. It's tragedy. <laughs> Probably explains why you're not going through, <laughs> through them very fast. You don't like tomatoes? Well, tomatoes are a grown up food. Are so they? Yeah, sense. I guess. Yeah. They are. Not, not a big tomato guy. All right. Do the Twitter questions. Oh my gosh, Twitter questions. I, I prepared these like thoroughly last week and this week I didn't, so I'm just now using my phone like a dope. Okay, Jennifer Cozy, or gal Jen, says, between the Maven trade and the Jones injury, do you feel it is time to sign Austin Jackson? I can't the inside joke here is Jennifer Cozy loves Austin Jackson. can't believe he's still sitting out there. He could He could patrol center field for us right now. It, he couldn't he, he'd be better his his decroted corpse would be better out there than stewart's i don't think he's dead i think i think it's his corpse but if he is, was, has it would muscles still and whatnot be, yeah okay just saying robert baker asks given that the tigers ha are already doing shorter starts and have a solid bullpen do you see this playing style benefiting them if they make the postseason or right, come on robert when they make the postseason, please have some optimism. Uh, and then would it be beneficial in a bubble type scenario? Um, I don't know. What do you make of this in general? Does it help them that they have these kind of like not starters, but almost like these piggyback chunk guys? I don't know that it necessarily like helps or hurts. Like this is the best formation for our pitchers. But I, if you had a guy that could give you consistently seven good innings, that's good too. Yeah. Um, if Fulmer and Norris could each get us through seven, that would be great. Yeah. But right now they can't. They each gave us like three, 
and we won that game last night. Like, exactly. That is that's modern baseball, and that's finally using our our weapons how they should be deployed. Like that's I'm I'm all in favor of that. I don't necessarily think that that particular style is the best. It's just the best for us. If that makes us. sense, we're making do with what with what ingredients we have. Exactly. Right? The cake yeah. hopefully turns out the same quality as a cake that's all of you know all one pitcher throwing seven. Right. But yep. yeah, um, and now, I don't, as I don't think a bubble is going to happen, so I don't I don't know that that's. Does it help you in the postseason? Uh, no, having a stud pitcher to pitch eight would be ideal. But oh, you mean like Casey Mize? He's shown flashes of brilliance and shown flashes like this is his first and second start, <laughs> like, which, which they have been. Yeah, yeah he'll yeah. get there. Um. High, high school Tim, Tim in the North, asks, if you could take one Tiger outfielder from your lifetime and plug him into Jacoby Jones' spot, who would it be and why? Well, I guess I have more options than you do, Hall. You sure do. Many, uh, many more. <laughs> who are you taking? I mean, I, I feel He's like... Is Line in our lifetime? He was alive? I mean, he I was alive. He didn't play I in our lifetime. Um, I mean, if we're talking pure center fielders, I think Granderson is the the easy choice add some thump at the top of the lineup. I might be more tempted to have somebody like, like a power hitting outfield. corner outfielder. Like, yeah. I would take Maglio or Juan gone for that, that one year. I mean, we Ma- regardless, we could use a, some thump from yeah. one of our outfielders. I think, I think Maglio would be the choice for me or Simo. Nope. Moving, <laughs> moving Simo onto the field would take him away from his current position. So, that's well. They hey, maybe I could be talked into that. Uh, Ryan Rayburn would be great. Okay. I feel like you're dogging my boy. I'm I'm not happy about that. Who who? Rayburn. Ray, no, I love uh, Rayburn is underrated, mostly because everybody rates him as garbage. <laughs> if all he had to do was hit left-handed pitching, he would have been one of the greatest players of all time. Unfortunately. Most pitchers are right-handed. If Ryan Rayburn could have gotten out of Ryan Rayburn's way, Ryan Rayburn would have been a fine player. Yes, that. Yeah. Um, who gets the AL wild card spots? I didn't look at this. Who Who do we have? Let's see. The Blue Jays have the first wild card spot right now. No, I believe the, the next Blue Jays last. and the Twins are currently occupying the spaces. Right. Um, Who's behind us? That's really gonna jump up and challenge. Anybody? I, don't know. I feel like that's that's research we could have done before the show. I don't I don't necessarily know off the top of my head. Let me pull it up. I'll edit this out. Okay. I'm completely uh, no, kidding. I'm I'm definitely not going to. I'll skip ahead and then we'll go back. Oh, here we go. Here uh, we go. John, I got it. I got it up. We're we're good to go. Um. The Orioles are behind us, so not not fear, fearing that too much. Mariners, mm-hmm. Royals. There there's nobody behind us. It's just Mariners. a matter of whether we can catch the Blue Jays or the Twins, which we're. I think we Half could. Half game behind the, the Blue Jays. Yeah. It's ours for the taking. That's right. Otherwise, everybody else. We're, we're, we'll replace the Blue Jays. Everybody else is as is. That's my answer. Seems fair. Okay. Um, Roger Castillo. Raj, yeah, Raj Castillo asks, are you ordering a Victor Reyes jersey? And if so, home or away? Always home. I, Always I mean, home. I, I kind of, I, I've never had an issue with him. Like, I think he's kind of cool. He's a, He seems like a good dude. Yeah, I'm starting to buy the baseball aspect of him a little bit. So, <laughs> I'd, I'd order a, chi- a jersey from China um, that cost me like 22 bucks. I'm definitely not buying one from from the D shop though. Don't let the Tigers hear about that. They're not going to put hologram stickers on that China stuff. I mean, I'm um, comfortable with a jersey without a hologram sticker. I kind of just want a Funkhauser jersey just because it. His name is Funkhauser, which is pretty That's cool. It's going to be a piece of memorabilia because I, I don't foresee his stint with the Tigers lasting real long. I got to tell you, my biggest regret ever was at the D shop and they had a Matt Tuiasa Sopo jersey for like 10 bucks and it was on the rack in my size. And I'm like, I already have three or four of these. I don't need another one. And I kick myself every day that I don't have a Matt Tuiasa Sopo jersey. Yeah, that would have been a, that would have been a good one. That would have been a could, good one. Could have put that in rotation with with Quentin Berry. Yeah, I got the only jersey I have is Quentin Berry. My jerseys are Coke, Gary Sheffield, Don Kelly, and did I say Coke? 
I guess those are just the ones I have. Those are three very different people. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, what is that? D- dissociative disorder or whatever I have, you know, it depends on my mood, who I wear. Yeah. It makes sense. I think Blaine's the only Jersey I have. That's a nice. Um, so, uh, John Fine asks, is, so is Avila in the running for executive of the year? No. Uh, how about, how about if Gardenhire makes the playoffs and wins a playoffs? I mean, is he manager of the year? I guess. He's, he's. He's been good. I feel like I have a hard time attributing him attributing any like plaudits to him, but it because you I mean, feel like he, he doesn't do much. <laughs> he is the manager of this team that's overachieving. Like I, I don't know how yeah. what to do with that. So that's how you become manager of the year. You have a lousy team and you that you get okay. He has a big personality. The the writers would probably vote for him. Yeah, he he may very yeah, well do sure it. Enough. Uh, so Pizza Slayer J Slaw oh eight oh nine says recently I was told that Dan Petrie bears a striking resemblance to my dad. Now, every time I watch the post game show, I feel like my dad is lecturing me on how to pitch properly. Any current or former tigers look like any members of any close family members. And then Mitch from Michigan says, funny, my uncle also has a striking resemblance to Dan Petrie. And I think you're there onto something. Dan Petrie just kind of looks like everybody's uncle. Honestly, he kind of looks very like my uncle-y. grandpa. Yeah, like he, he's very he, uncle-y. Yeah, definitely. Um, you could be another nationality or ethnicity, and it's just that ethnic's ethnicity's version of Dan Petrie. <laughs> he's just very uncle-y. Yeah, I guess I don't really have any other um, exact lookalikes. Do you? Um, no, no, I don't. I don't think so. None of them are. They're all professional athletes or ex-athletes. They're not chubby enough for my family. So sorry. <laughs> they're all, they're all too dig, fit. Digging out your entire family. Yeah, yeah, that's it's not good. Um, favorite defunct restaurant not named um, not named Googs or Rock Island. So this is some local humor. <laughs> I'm gonna skip over a lot of this, but feel free to tweet me about local restaurants in West Michigan that are now defunct. I'm happy to tweet you about that. What's the place that has the, um, I want to say there's like a hat on a burger. Is that, is that something? Hat. Oh, um, Mr. Burger. Yeah. Mr. Burger. Yeah. You commented on this last time you were in the area. He's just such a civilized gentleman for a burger. Yeah, it's, the, it's a bow tie and top hat. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Burger is good, affordable food. Don't dare diss Mr. Burger. I've it's, never been. I, I wouldn't dare diss Mr. Burger. He seems like a good chap. That's right. You use re- you put some respect on his name. <laughs> Heavy on the mister. Okay. Um, H. Bullpen asks, will the Tigers win in World Series in the next five years? No. <laughs> I mean, I would love to say yes, but I, I think the odds would lean towards maybe not. How many teams are ahead of us if you had to make predictions? I think about- it'd be easier to count how many teams are behind <laughs> us. And I don't mean to say that as a pessimist. I genuinely think that that is... Oh, there's a lot of teams ahead of us. There's yeah. four teams ahead of us in our own division. How about that? How good do the White Sox look? We talked oh about this gosh. last time. I mean, the, if you had asked me that about the White Sox, I'd probably say yes. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't think there's any way they get through the next five years without one. They look pretty good. I think I, I, I could manage them too. Really yeah. Okay. Um, Michael Litzner asks, are you guys fans of the powder blue unis teams like Twins, Jays, Phillies occasionally wear? Yes, absolutely. I love it. It's 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 a hot look for sure. For me, some teams wear it better than others. I think yeah. the Blue Jays it looks especially good. Yeah, definitely. I, I love all the new Brewer stuff, and by new, I mean some of the old stuff that they're sure. bringing back. In addition to all of their new stuff. Yeah, right. it wouldn't take much for me to become a Brewers fan if we're being completely honest. There, I've I, I think I did a power rankings one time of teams that if I would cheer for if I wasn't a Tigers fan and in Brewers I think we're number number one all right we're on the same page I, I yeah I could I could see getting into the Brewers um Jason or excuse me Jacob Skronik asks Amazon recently released all or nothing Tottenham Hotspur a docuseries following this past season if Amazon were to make an all or nothing around the Tigers what would you most want to see which characters would you be most interested, interesting to you? 
So I haven't watched any of the Spurs all or nothing yet. I inevitably will at some point. Very much looking forward to that because it's the season that Poch left and Jose Mourinho came in, which obviously is just straight box office. But let's get towards the Tigers. Uh, honestly, it sounds like a horrifically boring documentary. Like I, I think Daniel Norris would probably be the standout character. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, like what has happened in the last 12 months but this is like an inner look, you know, you get inside people's lives. It's like, um, yeah, you know, I mean, docu-series, like a real intimate picture. I would want that for Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. I think that's the big one. Like he, he is a rich man. He's got these, uh, his personal life, shall we say, has been complicated, complicated, intriguing. Like we're baseball fans. We're not celebrity gossip guys. But that would be kind of fascinating to see his uh, rumored indiscretions or, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, it, it would be, it'd be interesting. Picadillos, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be interesting. Um, yeah, I think there'd be a lot of behind the scenes stuff that probably doesn't come to light, but, you know especially in non COVID times guys going out and doing stuff or hooking up with who or who or what or where and when I think it could be fascinating. I mean, I'd watch it. Don't get me wrong, but I, sure. I struggle to say that. I think that it would be fascinating. I think it would Do be, you, well, I, I guess I, the social side of it would be fun for me. I mean, if it was just, if it was like a hard knock style thing, would you be into it? No, I, I would less. actually far more appreciate the social yeah. bit, which I haven't watched any. I didn't watch the Man City all or nothing, so I don't know exactly like how. Yeah, I don't know what it it's like. Yeah. Because obviously, I couldn't bring myself to watch that crap. I watched when the um, Buccaneers, which is my favorite NFL team, had the uh, HBO Hard Knocks thing. I watched every episode of that just because I don't, it was interesting to me, how and did, it was kind of fascinating. How did that happen? Mike Allstott? is that is that the reason? Well, it, we used to while well, we vacationed down in Florida, and the Lions were just so distasteful to me. They lost year after year, and then there was one season where, because the only thing you could watch on TV was the Lions game because it was local TV, and the Buccaneers beat them twice, and they had they just had gotten Mike Allstott, and I'm like, yeah, this is more fun, like I. Like they weren't the the best team in the world, but I'm like, they beat the Lions twice and they're kind of fun to watch. They had gotten um, all stat and then work done. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. So I became a big Bucks fan. And yeah, whenever in Tampa, we would, you know, look at the merch and all that kind of stuff. But then in 02, they won the World Series. So, or World Series, the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I'd followed them years before that, too. I, I still have a lot of Bucks swag and I still follow them a little bit. They're my favorite NFL team. Nice. I had no idea. I would never have guessed that. Yeah. I'm still waiting for my, all right, I'm going to be a fan of this NFL team moment. Maybe in the next 30 years, I'll get one. Yeah, well, just parting ways from the Lions, this is going to seem like sacrilege, but I was never like a huge Lion fan, Lions fan to start with. But then being outside of Lions culture, it's so refreshing and it gives you a new perspective on Lions fandom that is like, okay, people, you just need to relax a little bit. Now, people probably think that about Tigers fans like us too, but Lions fans are a little bit of a special breed. <laughs> gluttons for punishment sorry lions i know there's probably i'm sure like all lions I was gonna fans say, there's probably a fairly huge crossover between who listens to yeah. us and who also likes lions i don't dislike the lions it's just been a lot easier for my life not dis- to be a fan of them <laughs> you don't dislike the lions you just hate all their fans i mean that's <laughs> fine whatever whatever you say okay Oh, uh, that's it. That's it for Twitter questions. We're not getting into defunct West Michigan restaurants. Although Googs had a ginormous burger challenge and Googs has gone out of business, which is sad. It's one of my favorite restaurants. Island. I used to work right there. Googs is gone. R.I.P. Googs. R.I.P. Googs. With that being said, uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall 23. Eric is at Eric Wayne's brain. And the show is at Podcastianos and leave us a review or a rating 
wherever you're listening to the show on Eric, anything else to say to the people before we get out of here for another week? You know, eating even portions of eight different little Debbie snack cakes is not a good idea. Like, don't do that to your intestines. I'm kind of feeling a little gut rot. I'd like to think that none of our listeners needed to be told that, but it's it's reassuring to have you say it again. I'm I'm looking out for you and your health. Okay? Just All have right. some broccoli or something. You'll be better. <laughs> uh, with that being said, we will catch you guys next week. And eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. <laughs> Goodbye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.